What's up my brothers? This is Justin with Masonic Improvement. Today I want to talk to you about three things that older lodges did differently than we do now that I think would help with our retention. Now here's a little preface. Um, the, 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 story, the stories I have for each example uh, come from my granddad. Um, he's, he's still alive. He's in his 90s. And so he, he went through the lodge, uh, through the degrees in the 40s or so, maybe early 50s. And uh, things were run very differently, very differently than they are now. Now, um, I've heard similar stories from other lodges, so I know that his wasn't the only one that did it this way. But I'm going to use his stories just because, you know, it's my granddad and they're personal to me to help um, to just kind of explain my examples. So the first example is we were not easy to get into. In fact, we were pretty darn exclusive at the time. So what's so significant about the 40s and 50s is this is a period of time where men were really eager to join the fraternity. Uh, lodges did not have problems in many cases, in most cases, finding candidates. Um, they did degrees on a regular basis, and and it was it, it was somewhat prestigious to be a member of the fraternity. Uh, it was very advantageous to you socially, and it meant a lot to be a member because it told people that you were a member of this exclusive organization, you were a good man, the, the good men in that lodge thought you were a good man, so you're worthy of being trusted. So in what ways were they exclusive? Uh, basically, it was very straightforward. There was different approaches, but and I'll, I'll share two different approaches that I'm familiar with, but I know there have, have been others. Um, one approach was uh, many, many brothers, and some people still do this, but not very often, uh, many brothers required you to ask for a petition multiple times before you would be given one. The magic number for most men was three. You had to ask three times uh, to actually receive a petition. And that was only if the guy actually thought you were worthy of receiving that. Um, and the other is when you did petition a lodge, uh, in this particular lodge was the one my granddad was a member of, you never got in the first time. My granddad was blackballed the first time. And and everybody was blackballed the first time, regardless of who you were in the community. And the the idea behind both of these is to prevent men with a casual interest in the fraternity from petitioning. And we see this a lot um, in today's day and age. We are so eager to give away petitions. Um, we we hand them out like they're candy at a parade, and just hope that you know we judge we judge the success of a lodge by how many petitions we get, how many how many degrees we put on. Um, I would argue that that's not necessarily an indicator of a healthy lodge, but the interest in, in the lodge is an indicator of a healthy lodge, in my opinion. And you see this casual interest all the time. You have, you have men that don't get the A and never show back up, or they may do some of the work, they may even do all the work, and after they turn in their masters, they're gone. Their casual interest has been satisfied, they're done, and they leave and they move on with their lives. And that's, that's a really a waste of everybody's time, everybody's effort. And so the, the, these processes, despite how um, you may feel about them, were successful in keeping these people with casual interest out of the fraternity. Number two, uh, the work was spot on all the time, as best as it could be. Uh, proficiency was expected to be perfect when turned in. You didn't turn it in in parts, you turned it in all at once. And I mean, some lodges may allow you to make two or three mistakes, but if you messed up, there was no there was no holding your hand through the rest of it. If you messed up too bad, if you got to a part where you just could not get by, you you try to get another time. And uh, 
Yeah, I know it seems kind of cruel by today's standards. This along with number one seems, probably seems kind of, you know, some people would frown upon this, but it really made it meaningful to to be a member. If you turn in proficiency, that meant that you you accomplished something. You did it all perfectly, and you did it all in one setting. If you actually got in, that meant that, that people actually thought enough of you because the investigation process was pretty thorough also. But it also meant that you were a very persistent person. And not only was your proficiency expected to be perfect, but the ritual was always expected to be perfect also. Uh, this includes the degrees, opening and closing. You were expected to know your spot and really the spot that you wanted to advance to also. And you needed to be able to demonstrate that you knew that before anyone even considered moving you up there, which uh, unfortunately you don't see a lot also anymore. And finally, the third thing I think is the, the follow-up. And what I mean by the follow-up, uh, say for example, you had a brother that suddenly did not show up for lodge one day and no one knew why. Um, they would, after the lodge, they'd pay him a friendly visit. It wouldn't, you know, anything intimidating. They pay him a friendly visit. They go to his house and find out what's going on. And, you know, um, there wasn't any just not showing up because you didn't want to. You were a member. You took an obligation upon yourself. You're supposed to support your lodge, support your brothers. And so, uh, if you would, you know, they would go to your house. And we could still do this today. Sometimes we're good about this, sometimes we're not. It could just be as simple as a phone call. But hey, if they're not answering their phone calls, you might need to go to their house and find out what's going on. So there was that, there was that. This all created a, a real tight system of fraternity. Um, it was a small band of brothers that united under one cause. And so, like I said, um, some of these methods may seem kind of cruel by today's standards. And I'm not suggesting that uh, a lodge necessarily has to do all these things. But it's the, it's the ideas, really, that I'm trying to get across more than the actual practices themselves. Um, you need to make uh, the membership meaningful. But by making it meaningful, that, that I think I feel that you need to be exclusive. You need to really um, hold, your, hold your membership to high standards. Take your investigations very seriously. And don't be afraid to drop that black ball. And in fact, if the majority of people that are petitioning your lodge are getting in, you're not being exclusive. And I'm sorry. I know that's, that's a totally crazy idea where we're so worried about getting membership, but that's, that's the fact. And in fact, all of these things, or at least most of them, kind of fly in the face of what we do now with our one-day classes and reduced proficiency and, and breaking it up into parts and, you know, really low dues. But um, that, that is what it is. And let's face it, none of these other things have worked. Low dues have not worked. Uh, making proficiency easier, holding their hand through the entire process has it worked. One-day classes don't have any greater retention than, than, than traditional means. But what we, what we haven't tried in a long time is the, is the methods we got, we've gone away from. You know, and everyone's talking about trying to make all these changes. You know, uh, I read on one forum where, where one brother wanted to uh, start doing invitations. And I don't, I don't think things like that are the way to go. I, I think we do need to make changes, but not innovations. I think uh, what we need to do is look at how we used to do things and maybe be brave enough to try those again. And in, in this whole process, I actually brought up a fourth point that I completely overlooked. And I've talked about this before also, but that is dues. And, and in the 40s or so when you joined, um, it was expensive. The degrees were expensive, and uh, a year's dues were probably about about a, a week's salary in pay, but it was worth it to be a member. 
And so I, I'll post I'll post a link to that the whole dues conversation, so I don't have to go off on a tangent with that. But because I've already talked about that before too, so um, let me know what you think. Share me share your share your opinions with me. Uh, don't be afraid to drop a comment. Feel free to like the video, like my page. I appreciate your support. Yeah, if you um, if you agree, that's great. If you disagree, that's that's totally fine. Also, we're all entitled to our opinions. Um, tell me why you disagree. Tell me how you would do things different. If you disagree, that's I mean, I I don't mind. I'm a teacher. I'm used to people disagreeing with me all the time. But explain why you disagree and suggest an alternative that you feel is is better than what I suggested. And keep in mind that. A lot of the a lot of the alternatives that we've tried have not really been successful. So anyway, that's all I have for now. I've taken quite a bit of your time. But thanks for following through with the whole video and watching, and I'll see you on the next one. Take care.